Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Give sin an inch and it will take a mile. When you tolerate sin, it starts to look normal. Pastor J.D. warns today of the dangers of giving sin slack, even if it's just once. When you look at sin as normal and it doesn't look so repulsive anymore, you're in a dangerous place of letting yourself slide into bondage. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 25th, 2022. I want to, again, just bear with me here because... I want to try to wrap it up, but not before making this very important connection to deception. Deception is the catalyst for salvation. Wait, what do you mean? Well, in the seven-year tribulation, the Jewish nation will come to salvation. Do you know when? when they realize that they've believed the lie, the false Messiah, that they've been deceived, it was a deception. And this deception, the false, the lie, will be the catalyst that brings them to the truth, Jesus. And for the second three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, God is going to protect His people who have now come to their true Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And then at the second coming, which by the way, this is why the enemy from the very beginning has tried to exterminate, annihilate, eliminate, terminate all the eights, (laughs) the Jewish people. See, Jesus had to come from that bloodline, if I can say it like that. So if he could somehow corrupt the bloodline, make it impure, alter the DNA, he could thwart the first coming. Didn't work. He tried, uh, starting with Cain and Abel, to thwart the seed of the woman, but it came through not Abel, but Seth. Then when that failed, all throughout history, go to the Old Testament. In fact, we were just talking about Pharaoh in, in Egypt. All of the Hebrew male boys were cast into the Nile to their certain death to eliminate the Hebrews. That was demonic. That was Satan trying to eliminate the Jewish people to exterminate the seed of the woman that would come from this people, this bloodline. Save Moses, who was a deliverer, a type of Christ. Fast forward to one of my favorite books in all the Bible, which all of the books are my favorite books in all the Bible, but Esther, we talked about this a little bit on Thursday night. Haman, demon-possessed, 
gets the king to issue an edict to exterminate and annihilate and terminate all of the Jews. Mordechai, Esther, for such a time as this. And by the way, if you don't do this, deliverance will come from another. But Haman was demon-possessed in the efforts to eliminate God's people and that bloodline, so the Messiah could not come. Well, the Messiah comes. Now we've got to shift gears and regroup, and now we've got to thwart His second coming. Enter Herod. The boys, two years of age and younger, were, I'm sorry, butchered, murdered at His hands. Fast forward to, and we're going to talk about this more in a moment, one Adolf Hitler. What is it? They all start with H. Haman, Herod, and Hitler. Anyway, never mind. That was just a side note. The last century, demon-possessed in his efforts to eliminate the Jews. You know, the final, ultimate, ultimate will be during the seven-year tribulation via the Antichrist, who will try to destroy all of the Jews. But God, but God, the whole house of Israel will be saved. And here's the thing, Jesus can't come, the second coming, until they call upon Him. See, Satan knows the Bible better than you and I do. Did you know that was in the Bible? They're going to call upon Him and look upon Him, the one whom they had pierced and wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions. And they're going to call on their true Messiah. And then He comes. And guess who's going to be with Him? You too. Raise your hands. (laughs) The rapture, He comes for us. The second coming, He comes with us, ten thousands by His side. Yeah! Can't wait. All right, let's get back to our prophecy update already in progress here. So are you with me on this? Do you get what I'm saying? I'm sure there's a lot better way to say what I just tried to say, but deception is the catalyst for salvation. It's coming to the realization, I have been deceived and believed a lie, and it brings me to the truth, Jesus. And that's what the whole point of these prophecy updates is, right? Is to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. And so when one realizes, wait a minute, (sighs) oh, I see what that pizza was about. Okay, I won't use that one anymore. (laughs) Oh, you deceived me. And I've defended you? You perpetrated this. You did this. And I was deceived. Had a comment last week, and precious sister in Christ, she said, man, Pastor J.D., just wow. (laughs) I was so deceived. Not anymore. She said, it has brought me, coming to that realization has brought me so close to Jesus. I'm back in His Word now like never before. That's the point. That's the point. Okay, now, dare I say that we are closer to this day 
today than any can possibly realize. And it's evidenced by this United Nations news report on Thursday. Did you hear about this? Unprecedented. That's an understatement. Unprecedented. Israeli Prime Minister Lapid, I guess until they find a Prime Minister who can actually form a government and keep a government for the fifth time. Don't you find that interesting? So Lapid, acting Prime Minister I guess, is now, lo and behold, backing the two-state solution. Unprecedented. Um, For those of you that have been a part of the ministry or part of the prophecy updates, you know, I hope you know, if you don't know, you need to know, and this is the truth, I'm speaking the truth to you, that the two-state solution is Hitler's final solution repackaged. What was the final solution to eliminate the Jews? What is the two-state solution? Oh, it's so the Jews and the Palestinians can live side by side in peace and security. (laughs) You lie, you lie, you lie. No, let me tell you what the two-state solution is. You make peace with your enemy and then you destroy your enemy. Where'd that come from? Oh, Yasser Arafat. Oh, he'd come over here to the U.S. and, you know, they'd roll out the red carpet and then President Clinton and (laughs) Yitzhak Rabin, then Prime Minister, and Yasser Arafat there on the White House lawn. You remember this? September 1993, a September to remember. Every September is a September to remember. Um, they shake hands. It means nothing to the Iris, by the way. That's not how you make a deal. You have to break bread and eat from the same table. That's how you seal a deal in the Middle East. Just shake hands <laughs> for the camera. Photo up. <laughs> he goes back to Ramallah, and in Arabic he says, peace for us means the destruction of Israel. And they're all cheering. <laughs> um, solution. Dividing Jerusalem. Joel 3 2, Zechariah 12, Daniel 9 27, I can go on. And actually, 2 Thessalonians 2, by the way. Because we're told that the Antichrist in the rebuilt temple will set himself up as God, declaring himself to be God. And that'll be an abomination. It'll be at that point where they realize this is not our Messiah. And that's what's going to bring them to their true Messiah, Jesus the Christ. This is dividing Jerusalem. This is uh, the deal of the century. This is the Abraham Accords. This is the dividing of Jerusalem. This is the end of claims, end of conflict in the deal of the century. Both Jews and Palestinians, to end the conflict, have to end their claims on Jerusalem. Wait, excuse me, the Jews have to end their claims on Jerusalem? You might want to check with God on that. I'm trying. I just, I mean, I'm looking at the clock. I hate that. Thank God there's no clocks in heaven. So, here's some quotes from this UN report. 
Prime Minister Yair Lapid on Thursday said, a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict was the right thing for Israel. And he goes on to say this, we want to live in peace, but only if it gives us security. Not if, I'm so glad you responded that way. That tells me you know 1 Thessalonians 5.3. You better. I mean, after all these years, you don't know 1 Thessalonians 5.3? Now listen, if you're new, that's okay. 1 Thessalonians 5.3, spoiler alert. While they are saying peace and security, sudden destruction, sudden destruction, that's destruction that comes suddenly. I know, deeply profound. Sudden destruction comes upon them as a woman in labor, there's those labor pains again, and they will not escape. That's what First Thessalonians 5.3 says. While they're saying, He just said it! He just said it! Peace is secure right there. Oh, sudden. Sudden destruction is coming down, and we're going up. Bring it on. Right here. Oh, come on, Pastor, you're being dramatic. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Speaking on a nuclear Iran, Lapid said, quote, the only way to prevent this is to put a credible military threat on the table and then negotiate a longer and stronger deal with them. <laughs> it's Daniel 9.27, Ezekiel 38. Okay, I'm going to try to bring this in for a landing. Here's the bottom line. The delusion and deception today are a powerful prophetic indication of this being how it ends, because this is the end. We're at the end. And this is why we do these prophecy updates. This is why we end with the gospel. This is why we do the ABCs of salvation, a childlike explanation of salvation, not a formula. It's just one way to explain the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses that Jesus came and He died for you, for me, paid in full for you and me. He was buried and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the good news, the gospel. The word gospel means good news. Your debt has been paid, you're free to go. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Well, the A is for admit or acknowledge. Again, not a formula. Please don't make this into a formula. It's just a way to explain the gospel. And if you think about it, the A is the first step, because unless and until I admit and acknowledge that I've sinned, why would I be interested in the Savior? And you ask the person on the street, hey, do you think you're going to go to heaven? What's their answer going to be? Yeah, I'm, I'm a good person. I never murdered anybody. Yeah, you have. Jesus kind of raised that bar in Matthew's gospel. You committed murder in your heart. And if you just break one of the commandments, there's only 10. You broke like 30 of them, but whatever. <laughs> You've broken God's law. And there's a penalty for that. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. 
And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all been born sinners, which is why we must be born again, Jesus said, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 packages the bad news first with the good news. What's the bad news? Well, there's a penalty, and it's the death penalty. The wages of sin is death, but here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. And this is central, by the way. You could argue that it's simpler than ABC. It's as simple as B, belief. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him, put their trust in Him for the forgiveness of sin, would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10, 13. Oh, I love this verse. All, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And is that not what comes as a result of believing in him? Is a calling upon Him? For me, that was over 40 years ago. Don't do the math, I was five. Actually, I was older. (laughs) Before we uh, do our but God testimony for today, I just want to say, for anyone who might be watching online or even here in this um, church service, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, believing in Him, putting your trust in Him, I don't know what to tell you except just to tell you, you're running out of time. The time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Why would you want to put off and delay the most important decision of your life for eternal life? Yeah, but pastor, isn't there something else I got to do more to this? All I got to do is believe in Him. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Put your trust in Him for the forgiveness of sins. Because see, here's what's going to happen for everyone, every single one of us, on that great and final day, we're going to stand before the Lord, and it won't matter how good of a life you lived. It won't matter what you did, what you had, doesn't matter. (laughs) The only thing that's going to matter is, what did you do with the person of Jesus Christ? You cannot stand before the Lord in your own righteousness, as filthy rags, Isaiah says, It's very graphic, by the way, in the original. And be allowed entrance into heaven. There's nothing you can do to earn it. It's a gift. You don't earn a gift. You don't pay for it. If you pay for it, it's not a gift, it's a purchase. He purchased the gift. You're purchased with a price. He paid the price. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, lastly. We are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. Gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. I implore you today, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And get out of Egypt, man. 
I don't care if they got pizza. I said I wasn't going to use pizza. Okay. Spicy ahi poke, man, whatever. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. Today's But God testimony. It comes from uh, Megan Haskins, who writes, Hi, J.D., I just finished watching your September 11th prophecy update, and I just wanted to thank you. Your words at the end really touched my heart and brought me to tears. It's been about almost two weeks ago that I was in one of the darkest places of my life. My life has been filled with many highs and lows over the summer with my husband, kids, extended family, and friends. The enemy and his minions really saw the chinks in my armor lately and used a family member to make me feel like a worthless human being. I'm sure that wasn't their intention, but that was the end result. Over the following days, I just couldn't understand why I was even here anymore, what all of my striving was for, when it seems I can never measure up. For the first time, I really contemplated just ending it all, or just disappearing. Then there would be no more failure. But God, He is so good. He knew what would happen that day, and He knew exactly where I needed to be at that lowest point. I was previously trying to plan a get-together for our family and friends Labor Day weekend, but all my plans had fallen through, which was very frustrating. The weekend before I had signed up for a women's breakfast at church, but expected that it wouldn't work out because of our plans with family. My mom and her husband ended up working it all out, with babysitting, even so her and I could go together to the breakfast. That day, he comforted me through the arms of all my sisters in Christ who prayed with me. Even one sister I had never met prayed with me in the bathroom. His presence engulfed me and deflected those thoughts that suicide or running away were the answer. They were only lies that would hurt those around me. He reminded me of who I am in Christ, loved, worthy, enough, forgiven, a daughter of the King who cares for me and even likes me. (laughs) I like that. God likes you, by the way. No, He likes you. He loves you, but He likes you too. Pretty sad when you live in a day and age when like packs more punch than love. Thank you again for your encouragement in these tough times and being the watchman who's not afraid of man, but who fears God. I love you, brother. Keep fighting the good fight, Megan. The update that she's referring to on 9-11, at the end I did sense a prompting from the Holy Spirit to address suicide. And every time I do, I know there is someone that is hearing or watching that has considered it. And I just want to say again today, before we close, it is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Please, I know despair can set in, and just the hopelessness, but that's what should bring you to Jesus. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. 
If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.